You're listening to All to Play For, brought to you by Joe and Coral. Welcome to All to Play For, brought to you by Joe and Coral. We've had another shocker, haven't we, JC? My old mate, we're not in the studio. We're looking forward to a Christmas in the studio. I've made you some mince pies. What's happened, fella? Oh, mate, Adam there. Um, you know, got pinged. Had to sort of self-isolate because I've come in contact with someone. But all's well. I- I've got a I've got a clean bill of health, so haven't got the big one. But, um, yeah, <laughs> I'm disgusted. I'm missing the, the mince pies, mate. You know what I mean? Here we are. Mate, I- I'm going to butt. I'm going to put them in the freezer and when, when I see you in the new year, I'm, I'm bringing them yeah. there. It'll be late, but you'll Quality. love them. We've got a cracking Quality. show. We've, we've got, we've got one of the dons from the all time big man, little man combo in Premier mm. League history. We've got Mr. Kevin Phillips. We're going to be talking to him about all the best strikers, uh, in the league at the moment. You know, some of it's chatting to him about his time at Leicester. Uh, and also we're going to be talking about Big Sam being back in the Premier League. But firstly, Joe, I want to chat to you about last night's games. Some crackers there. I mean, a massive game. Spurs, Liverpool, you were watching that, right? Mate, it was intriguing, wasn't it? It was like a, like it was a proper, like, you know, a team on the ball dominating, moving it from side to side. And, and Jose tactically just had, like, they were just so tough and so strong. And I just, look at, they still had their chances, Tom. Like, Harry Kane yeah. missed a, a glorious chance. Bergeois missed a couple of one-on-ones. It was a, it was just an intriguing game. It, I don't think it was one of the classics, uh, but like you couldn't keep your eyes off it. You knew there was going to be some drama, and then with a goal like last minute, like the, the last thing I'd have expected a Mourinho team to concede was a last-minute corner in that situation. I think, yeah. I think, um, I think Eric Dyer just got the block block wrong. At the time, he actually, he actually had an excellent game, Eric Dyer. I thought he was brilliant. I thought he was amazing throughout. yesterday. Yeah, he was good. And, um, but he got it wrong. Um, Firmino got, I can't f- think who it was. And he just, it was a bullet header into the top bins. And it was, a, uh, you know, you've got to give credit to this Liverpool side because they're so resilient. They're playing with, with a young centre half and a centre midfielder at the back. And they're still, they're still sitting top of the pile. They, they, they really are a top side. I mean, a lot of people were writing them off, aren't they? I mean, even, yeah, we talked on here when, when they had that shocker of a couple of weeks where everyone seemed to be getting injured. It seemed like they're getting through it. I mean, when you look at how Mourinho set out, right, it looks like a negative way of playing. You've played in those big games mm. with him as manager. Is it is it a negative thing? Yeah. It, it, how's that roll out? I like, do you know what? I was watching them last night and I don't ever remember us playing too many games where we was like that. Like, it's almost like... because. It's almost like the players are, are taking it so literally. They, I wouldn't say it was negative. It, it, I think it's necessary when you play against this Liverpool side who are on it, especially the first 30 minutes they were moving the ball. So what he done, Joseph, I thought very clever last night. And, you know, we don't usually get too tactical on all to play for, but he, he, sort of, <laughs> he, he seemed to get... He got Kane and Son playing centrally together. And, yeah. um, and, 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 the two, and they played like a two banks of four behind it. But what he did was the, the two wide men... Of the four, Lucas Moura and Bourgeois were, were like duck, were, were really picking up Trent and Robertson. So effectively, at times, it was like a back six, you know, where Liverpool, because yeah. they play their fullbacks, and it was so interesting. And, and Kane and Son were dropping deep. They was they were dropping on on Henderson and and Wijnaldum at times when they, it was it was interesting to watch him do it. And 
And listen, he nearly did it, Jose. Like, Harry Kane, I've never seen him miss a header as, as glaring as that. He's, he's usually clinical. I mean, it happens. No, you know, he's human. Do you know what I mean? He's going to miss chances. But I was, he nearly did it, Top. You know, and, and unbelievable from, from Jose to, 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 to nearly, to, to nearly pull that off. But do you, I mean, when I was watching it, and maybe I'm wrong, but I don't know, like you say, we, you know, tactically, we, mm. I can only watch that as a fan, but there's a part of me thinking, the way they've been playing Kane and Son up front, it's like, mm. I, and, and, and Bergwijn as well, I think, has been, been great for it. Yeah. Go at them a bit here. Yeah? Do you know what I mean? And, yeah. and it felt like he, he was there and maybe, that, maybe that's the thing. I mean, Liverpool, still the big yeah. favourites with Coral, 13 to 10 to win the league. Do, do you yeah. think that's going to be the way? I think Liverpool would do it. I, I do. I, I, I was, my head was turned when Van Dyke got injury and then when, you know, Matip, uh, Gomez, Gomez, you know, pe- people picking up injuries, I was thinking, oh, maybe it could be someone else's year. But the way them, them lads have, have, have turned it around and dug in and, uh, and just, just ground out results. I just think, I, I, I can't, I can't see anyone, anyone getting on top of them because Tottenham were at it last night. Trust me. They was yeah, at it. Yeah, they yeah. were doing everything right. They was tactically spot on. Son's goal was unbelievable. The ball from Lacelso with the outside of the boot was on. Yeah, he's some player that Lacelso, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, listen, Jose don't get it wrong a lot. And, and, and he was a, I mean, he had a bit of a slow start at Lacelso and Jose was, really singing his praises consistently and, and he doesn't get it wrong, Tom. And he's like, and I look at him now and he, 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 he drives the ball, ball through the lines. I mean, I don't know if he, he gets on the, on the score sheet enough. I mean, I think that will come, but I just think he, he's just a footballer, isn't he? He could just, he just dominates games and him and Hjoyberg in the center of the park was excellent as well. Like it was, I just, I found it so intriguing. Like I said, I think the neutral, the football fan out there might look at that and be a bit frustrating very play, but as a, when we coach his head and we players and I was like, wow, that like that was what he did there was quite was quite interesting. And now he set the team up. I mean, I can't go any further. I mean, that's that was one big game. The other big game, mm. Palace West Ham. Have you seen Halle's mm. goal yet? Oh, I'm real big man, mate. He's, Incre- he's listen. He's, he's, he's you can't knock Halle. He keeps coming back. He well, keeps getting chances. This is my it? problem because I did knock Halle against Leeds, right? Against Leeds, <laughs> I thought he had a mare. I thought he was. Yeah. I thought the team played well. I felt sorry for him if I'm if I'm honest, but he's, you know, I, I didn't think he. Someone like Heller, who I think I, I don't think anyone would doubt he's a very good player. I, I think in that team and the way that David Moyes mm. plays, the first West Ham, I think if you're not yeah. if you're not trying and if you're not running and if you're not giving everything, which mm. we've become accustomed to with Mikel Antonio, yeah, yeah, I think yeah, yeah. It, you sort of stand out. And so I put a thing up against Leeds. Saying, uh, I'll give five pounds to charity every time Haller has the ball and the next player to touch it isn't a Leeds player. And, uh, yeah. I, I, I was 25 pounds and ended up giving to charity. I was generally hoping it was spurring him on and he'd had an absolute rocket of a game. Um, but that, 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 um, that, that goal, I mean, the thing is, he's got those goals in him. I, I, and I, I just don't know whether he, I don't know. He's, he's a funny one. What do you, what do you make of him as a player? Mate, when I, I watched him for Eintracht Frankfurt and he was at, when they played a semi final a couple of years ago, uh, against Chelsea and I thought, what, this kid's a handful. He's, he's prime for the Premier League. A funny yeah. story actually about that game because I, I walked to the game. I was, I was, I was staying in Chelsea. I was in a hotel and I, I had the ticket for the game. I think I might have been working and I, I thought, right, well, I'll go down to the game. And so as I'm walking down the Fulham Road, 
you know, just get your nut down. I had the hat on, like what you're wearing. I thought, I don't want to get recognised. I want to get to the game. But they, they come about six, seven thousand mob handed the Eintracht Frankfurt fans and they walked from, uh, Marble Arch up to Stanford Bridge. Like, and I, for some reason, I weren't looking. I had me, I was listening to the headphones and and I'm in the middle of all these Eintracht Frankfurt hooligans. And we, we got then surrounded by the, uh, police, you know, like as they hoard you in. Yeah. And like they're thinking I'm a German hooligan and they're all singing <laughs> songs and they were lagging out and they're like, oh no, please get me to the game. Get me to the game in one piece. If they recognise I'm an ex-Chelsea player, I could be in trouble. <laughs> so I, I walked with the Frankfurt fans right the way to the game, just trying to hum along to the German songs. <laughs> Got there in one piece. I thought, I thought, thank, I thought oh, thank the Lord I'm here. Like, and anyway, I'm trying to cop the policeman's eye like, and just say like, Oh mate, I'm not one of these. Like, let me out. Like, cause we've yeah. literally got hoarded in like sheep. Cause they must have thought that they was going to cause trouble or whatever it was. Anyway, yeah. got to the game and, uh, watched him holler. And I was like, yeah, good. Like that, that's, that's a, that's a Premier League striker. I'd take any, yeah. t- any team outside the top four would have taken him. And then he come in and then he had a decent start and then he's not really kicked on. Yeah. But, it, uh, but you're right. He needs to show. A little bit more of that aggression, what he showed when I watched him play in Germany like that, running and yeah. do that. Just do that. And the West Ham fans will love you. We have got an absolute corker of a guest today. He's one of one of my favourite strikers that's played in the Premier League. With over 600 appearances in English football, nearly 300 goals scored. And the last Englishman ever to win the European Golden Boot. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Mr Kevin Phillips. How you doing, Kev? Yeah, I'm good, guys. I'm very good, thank you. That's a hell of an intro, isn't it? When I read those yeah. stats, that is mental. It's mad, isn't it? Yeah, it's always, it's always nice to hear. Uh, the only thing that wrangles me, really, is I didn't get in the 100 club with the Premier Leagues. I think I was six short of that. Uh, but yeah, it's always nice to hear the European Golden Boot winner, um, which is still stands today. That's an unbelievable stat. I can't believe. Of all the great strikers that we've had in the last 20 years, like, R- like Rooney, Harry Kane, mm. you know, Vardy, you know, no one's... What, is that the top... Yeah. Top scorer in... All the top four or five leagues. Yeah, That's unbelievable, yeah, yeah. that, Kev. That's unbelievable. I always, I always think when I when I remember when you won that, Kev. I always think like it's fair enough when you like you're up against like Spain and Italy and all the great players, but also you. That's the whole of Europe. So even like sort of quite two bob leagues where you got people. Yeah, yeah. Who are, who can score fifty? You know, to score that amount of goals. No, no, I'm right. I might be. No, I'm, right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm saying that. You know what I mean? Current climate, big man. You can't say that. I challenge you to name a couple of them. <laughs> Moldova, the Moldovan yeah, league, yeah, yeah. the Moldovan Premier League, the Bulgarian league. No, but that's an insane thing to think. You like you must uh, yeah. like every day think there must be a yeah. little time across your mind to think that's a hell of an accolade to have done. I think so, yeah, of course. Uh, and let's not forget, you know, and it's no disrespect to the club I was playing at the time, but it was Sunderland. And, you yeah. know, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a Chelsea or an Arsenal or a Liverpool at the time or a Man United. You know, I did it in a side in Sunderland who, where we finished seventh that season. We, obviously, we had a fantastic uh, season. Um, but, you know, if I'd have done it for a Man United or a Liverpool, perhaps, you know, I maybe get mentioned in a higher accolade. But I, I actually, you know, for me personally... You know, to still be the only Englishman to have done it when Joe, you know, rightly mentions the likes of the players that we've had. You know, Harry Kane, I'm sure at some point will probably go on and do it. Willie, when you've got Ronaldo and Messi firing in 40 odd goals and, 
Yeah. Uh, Lewandowski out in, in Germany firing 40 goals, they might struggle a little bit, but I, I, I'm sure one of our young English strikers at, at some point will go on to, to get it. But for it to have stood for 20 years, of course, I've been very privileged. I mean, you talk about that Sunderland team, you talk about, you know, it's probably, it's up there with my favourite ever strike partnerships. It was incredible. You and Big Nile Quinn there. I mean, yeah. me and Joe like to think of ourselves as, as that big man, little man combo. <laughs> uh, we were lighting up soccer. I didn't get the chance to actually go out there together in the big game. But, um, mm-hmm. Is that, when when you play and, and this is to you as well, Joe. Like, for, oh, sorry, mate. I think we actually mentioned before the game, didn't we? Like, yeah. listen, let's play it like Quinn and Phillips. I'll get off you the big man. Joe, Joe was saying to me, you need to watch the videos of Quinn and Phillips back in their heyday coming up to me before the game. Big man, right? You know, you just got to be Nile Quinn. I mean, when you played with Nile, right at that time, because. He was a bit, fair bit older than you, right? I'm oh, guessing, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. He was coming towards the end of his career, yeah. And and so, how quickly did you start that that report, that relationship between the two of you? The, the, because, I mean, like you say, you're playing for Sunderland. You finished, it was an amazing mm. season. I, I remember seeing you play the two of you, and it felt like, for you anyway, Kev, every time a ball came to you anywhere near, you scored all sorts of goals that season. It was remarkable, but just felt like you were just going to, you just had no fear about shooting from anywhere. Yeah. I think that's confidence, Joe will tell you, you know, when you're in, when you, when you're full of confidence, everything you touch, you know, seems to hit the back of the net or a pass comes off. But I think it, when I went to Sunderland, Quinny was, was almost retiring, you know, he'd just come back from a cruciate injury. Uh, he was struggling to get his fitness. He was struggling for form. And then, you know, I walked through the door and, and Peter Reid never really had any plans of what, you know, he wanted from the pair of us, whether he was even going to put us together. And, I think it was pretty much just a coincidence. I think Reedy was just like, well, let's have a go. Let's have a look at you. We were predominantly 4-4-2 back then, you know, as most teams were. Um, and it just happened. It was one of those partnerships where we never worked on it on the training ground, believe it or not. Really? Uh, yeah, it's just, it was just strange. I think, you know, with the, with the stage that Quinny was at, all, all Reedy used to ever say to us and Nile used to say to me was never ever try to be any, any further than 10, 15 yards away from me whether that's in front of me or running in behind me. Because Quinny was, you know, when he was firing, he was unbelievable in the air. But what people don't realise, and, and Joe will tell you, you know, having played with Crouchy, you know, I had a season with him, their feet was, his feet was so quick and nimble. And and, and that's what really amazed me mm. about Nile and Crouchy when I played with him. So he took a lot of defences by surprise, but it was just one of those relationships that worked. I just tried to work off of him and be in and around him. And he had the, he had the art of finding me majority of the time. Yeah, I often get the feeling with when I speak to Crouchy as well. You know, just because of their size and how good they are in the air, they they they, they you sort of it's, it's it's not disrespectful, but people don't appreciate. Like if if Crouchy was five foot eleven, you'd say he's got a great touch. People, you'd just be a player with a great touch and great skill. The same with Quinny, but they had that great touch, great feet, and they could bring a they could bring in people around them awareness, but also. They were six foot five and six foot seven, so anything in the box, it was, yeah. it was danger. They could they, they'd get you hundred head, they'd yeah. get goals throughout their career from head. But on the ball, both of them, unbelievable. I played against. I think they knocked us out of the FA Cup, um, Sunderland that year, and it was like a quarter. It might have been a quarter final. Up at the stadium, were like yeah. I remember playing against it. And it was just, it was yeah. a real tough game. Like forget just them two up front, but in the midfield they were tough. Yeah. Don Hutchison. Um, it was just a good, good sign. Mickey Gray left back, wasn't it? Yeah. He was a great player, Mickey Gray. Played for it. Yeah. You, you, did you both get in that England team? We did, did, yeah, yeah. We both got in the England squad together uh, when we were still in the championship, actually. So 
that was quite an honour. Um, but yeah, no, it was. It was a good side. Reed had built a good side. Um, and like you said, you know, we had Don in there with, with the experience. Uh, obviously, Quinny up top. We had Steve Boulder come in at that stage oh, yeah, as yeah, well. Yeah. He was yeah. magnificent yeah. for us, big Boldy. Uh, great in the dressing room. Uh, like you say, Michael Gray overlapping on the left. Oh, he was more of a left winger than a left back. Um, he, you know, he was a wing back then. So, you know, we, 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 we had some good players and it was just a, a season where it just happened. When you see now, you, I mean, you came up that, that was the season you finished seventh, seventh. Is that the season you came up from the championship? Yeah. yeah. So when you look at like teams now, I mean, it's a, it's a big thing, I suppose, when I look at, say, Sheffield United this season, where they, they, they seem to be struggling a bit. But you look at, say, Leeds and those teams when they first come up, even Fulham at the moment seem like they've got a bit about them. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Did you have no fear? How does that work as a team's coming up from the championship? You're incredible there and you're like, right. Let's just, we're going to hit this running. We've got this star one. This is, we're going to take people by surprise. I, I think, yeah. And that's, you've hit the nail on the head there on the last bit. We've, we took a lot of people by surprise. Um, I think a lot of teams, the bigger teams, especially underestimated us. Um, I think we had such a good team spirit. You can't have all that without having some quality as well, as, as Joe will tell you. And, you know, we, we really built a squad that we had a good team spirit. Brilliant off the pitch in those days, you know, it was, it was fantastic, especially under Reedy. Um, but we took it onto the pitch and, you know, we performed and it was, I think, taking the element of surprise. Of course, me and Niall, you know, predominantly a lot of the Premier League players wouldn't have, have heard of me. Uh, of course, they knew Niall and we, they weren't used to coming up against big, big, big fella, little fella combination. You know, it was, it wasn't really known then. Uh, of course, two strikers, but having a six foot seven and then the five foot seven, it, it was just just unheard of. And um, so we took them by surprise. And I think when you look at, you know, Sheffield United again last season with their energy, the system they played, you know, their 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 right uh, centre half in Chris Basham. All of a sudden, you'll see him on the edge of the box taking a shot. Yeah. Um, you know, it took a lot of teams by surprise. I am not surprised that they're not doing as well this season because I think a lot of teams have found them out and, you know, they, they, they've worked out a way to play against them. I think the Leeds factor, again, is taking a lot of people by surprise with their energy, their work rate, but also coupled with the, they've got some quality. And yeah. it helps with Patrick Bamford, again, who's stepped up. A lot of question marks hanging over his head. Could he step up to the Premier League? But he certainly proved this season that he can do that. So I think it it's an element of surprise when new teams come into the Premier League. I mean, for you, you're the perfect person to ask you know, on that with with Patrick Bamford because I saw him against uh, West Ham. I thought he was he was brilliant. I thought, you know, he he doesn't stop running. What is that jump up? And and Joe, can you you as well when you watch that jump up? Do you think you can see players say in the Championship now, Joe? And you go, he's going to make it in the Premier. League. I mean, I remember hearing about and watching you, Kevin, in the oh, Championship, and sort of you were already you were already an England player, so it wasn't like the biggest surprise when you came into the Premier League and you were incredible, but. What is that jump up like? Do you know what? It's, that's a real tough one because it's hard to know. Some players, you know, there's some players who are seasoned championship goal scorers and uh, they get two or three opportunities. I think it's someone like a Ross McCormack. You know, someone like he, he, he's always scored goals at every level. When he's had the chance at the Premier League, he's never done it. And you just don't know. You know, with Bamford, you wouldn't no. say he was prolific throughout his career, but he's stepped up now. He's in the right team with the right players around him. Goal scorers need the team around them. You know, if you've got someone who can score goals, like a Bamford, he can finish because he's at Chelsea as a youngster. So I know his pedigree. You know, they really fancied him, Patrick Bamford. He's in an interesting uh, interesting way around it because, you know, he's uh, he comes from a very wealthy oh, really? to-do family, the Bamfords. No. You don't know this big man. No JCB. No. You know the JCB? Yeah, JCB. No, the, the, yeah, thing, yeah. 
the, yeah. the B on JCB's, oh, really? the Bamford. Yeah. No, Patrick Bamford, when he came through at Chelsea, it was very different to the other young lads. Most of the young lads coming through were from from inner London, and he, he came from well-to-do stock, and he, but he, he had that grit about him, you know. So when he sort of went down the leagues and he wasn't performing, I think people sort of not read him off because of because of where he came from. Maybe he wouldn't come back, but you but. When I watched him train in the academy and things like that, and saw the quality he had, I knew he'd get there. I knew he was—he he, was—he was a goal scorer and a finisher. And what he's had at Leeds is he just found the—he found the place for himself, where he just—he gets on the shoulder of things. And if you put him in front of goal, and I always find that with the top goal scorers like Kev, whatever league they're in, if you put him in front of a goal one on one, they're going to bang it in. And Bamford's off, off that ilk. Like, I think I think he's going to be a top top player. So getting back to the question. How do you know which ones? The ones with real quality will do it anyway. Yeah. So you're Bamford, so people like that. But you, you, it is tough to know because some lads get by scoring goals in the championships yeah. on pace and power. They miss a lot of chances. But the real technical, the technicians, the ones who, who, who've got all types of finishes will, will make the grade like like Bamford, like like Kev. I, I, I see another stat, Kev. You was, not only did you get like 90, you said 94 goals yeah. in the Premier, Premier League, he was also voted the top championship player. I mean, that just shows you how long his career was, Kev, because he he come in late. And I, when was he, when did you retire? Thirty eight. You're still scoring goals. No, I was just shy. Of, just shy of forty one. Forty one. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. When I was at Leicester, when we got promoted. Wow. I'm I'm thirty nine now, and I played in the five side on Friday night, <laughs> and I couldn't walk until Tuesday. That just shows you the the, the quality that affect the game. At that age, I, I, you know, just on the Bamford thing, I think also it helps when you get a manager that believes in you. You know, Bielsa, yeah. he come under yeah. a lot of you know criticism last year, and he's a he's a very stubborn man. You know, it's his way, uh, and he sticks by it. And and he stuck with Bamford when a lot of people, and even myself at times, were saying it might be time for him to come out the side, but he didn't. He stuck with him, and that you know, mm. as yourself, Joe, you know, when you've got a manager backing you. You want to, you want to, you know, you want to uh, prove them, not prove them wrong, but you want to pe- prove the doubters wrong, and you want to show your manager why he's sticking by here. And you know what? What I like about Bamford now is, you know, when I saw that hat trick he scored at Villa Park earlier on in the season, that for me really, you know, said to me he's a, he's a top finisher. You know, them three finishes were were class. Just get that half a yard. You know, the calmness of the finishing. Um, but you know, you're right. You say that jump is. Championship, you generally get two, three chances in a match. Premier League, you might only get that one opportunity and then it's down to the player, the individual. And, and Bamford's certainly shown this season that he can do that. I've been very, very impressed with him. Because for me as well, him and uh, I mean, the, the player I really wanted West Ham to sign at the... Um, I wanted Ollie Watkins. I think he he's a really... He's a top yeah. player. I remember, again, watching for Brentford, quite a few friends of mine are uh, Brentford fans and... Yeah, I really thought, you know, watching him, I thought this guy's just made for the Premier League. When you look yeah. now, I mean, and you're just talking now about two young young lads who are coming through who both show that prowess. You know, who, who would you say, how far are they off the likes of Kane or sort of Varda? I mean, you play with Jimmy and, and, and also, yeah. Kev, because like you say, you said when we started, playing for Sunderland isn't the most fashionable club. How much do you think it has to do with, like, Bamford there or... Watkins at Villa. Do you think if you're playing for a big club, it's easier to get into that like England team, so so to speak, or you'll get more recognition uh, if you're playing for a bigger club? Yeah, I think I think certainly back when I was playing, it, you had more of an opportunity. It was a very, it was a huge surprise to me when I did get into the England squad just because of where I was playing. But 
you know, Kevin Keegan wasn't afraid to, to put us in. And I think certainly nowadays with football, the way it's moved on, Gareth Southgate certainly showed he's not afraid to put players in from, you know, the teams that are in the bottom of the half of the Premier League or even near the bottom. You know, if you're playing well, you're scoring goals, you're creating, you're defending well, you you get in the England squad. It's simple. Like, look at Calvin Phillips, you know, another outstanding talent. Yeah. Um, you know, he's, he's settled into... Uh, the, the international scene, no problem whatsoever. So, you know, it's shown that, that Gareth's not afraid to do it. So, but, I, I, you know, when you think about Leeds are a huge, huge team, aren't they? You know, when that place, yeah, Joe yeah, will yeah. tell you, you know, when that place is full, mm-hmm. it's it's one of the best places in the Premier League to play football. So they're, they're heading in the right direction. I think if Bamford keeps doing what he's doing, who knows? You know, Gareth might, you know, give him an opportunity at some point. Um but it is, yeah, I think it, it, more back in my day was more if you were in the Man United's, the Arsenal's, the Liverpool's, the Chelsea's, you had more of an opportunity of getting in the England squad. But nowadays, I don't think it really matters. You're listening to All to Play For, brought to you by Joe and Coral. So Joe has come to that time of the show again where your advertising skills, your right reading skills come into fruition. Are you ready to, to go for the fan of the year announcement? Yeah. Trevor McDonald, eat your heart out. The way that I'm just like, (laughs) here we go. Ready? Newsreader. Hit it, hit it. Well, here we go, right. Now, do you know the nation's biggest football fan? Coral on the lookout for the most dedicated fan going. Each month, Alan Shearer picks a winner to receive £1,000 to spend on football experiences of their choice. Head to footballfanoftheyear.co.uk to enter yourself or nominate someone. You're listening to All to Play For by Joe and Coral. Who would you say for both of you at the moment, who, who would you say is the best striker in the Premier League now, do you think? For me, well, listen, you can't look past Harry Kane for yeah. me. But i tell you what, I've, I've been watching Calvert-Lewin and I actually love this kid. What he, what he done to Thiago Silva the other day, like, when he won the flick on and then got on his own second ball, that like, was something else, like... And I've never seen anyone do that to Thiago Silva. I've watched him three or four times this year. I know he's, he's added the goals to his game. And I, I don't know if I'd class him so far as a natural finisher. But, you know, when you speak to players, like if you speak to Rooney about him, he, he sings his praises. You speak to other players, you like, I, I take that. Like, for me, that's what it's all about. If I speak to a player that's played with someone and they're singing their praises, then I know they're a player. I've watched him. He, he's got everything. He can... He can in the centre-halves, he can run the channels, and now he's added goals to his game. I think he could genuinely put a bit of pressure on Harry Kane over the next 18 months to be the England number nine, because if he keeps going the way he's going, like, he's, he, he's an unbelievable talent. Yeah, I, I agree. I totally agree. I, you know, he's one of these players that's developing into a, a top, top player. But for me, Harry Kane, he's just, he's added something different to his game this season, hasn't he? He's become an almost yeah. mm-hmm. a the amount of goals that he's created with him and Son and and Bergwin and people like that, um, you know, for me, he's he's out probably he's the top Premier League striker at the moment. But I totally agree. Give it another couple of years, Calvert Lewin could surpass him and find himself as as England's number one. You know, every international trip. So, did, did you see his chance he missed last night, Kev? Harry Kane. Oh, Harry! Yeah, the header. Oh. Yeah, I watched the highlights. Yeah, and it's you know. <sighs> Listen, it's I, I would never ever criticise Harry Kane for missing an opportunity. <laughs> and you, he knows himself, didn't he? You could tell by his reaction. Yeah. Um, Someone you know, like it, him. It, yeah. It, I think it was, yeah, it was one of those when it, the Liverpool defender, I think he kind of 
didn't anticipate the defender missing it where he normally does. Mm-hmm. You know, good top strikers as they do, they anticipate he's going to miss this. Be ready and for once in in you know in his in his career he, he didn't anticipate it and he, and he didn't hit the target, which is a huge surprise. And I've had about four messages so far this morning from Tottenham fans like crying about that. How's H missed that chance? That's not meant to be. They're going to slaughter him now. He's he's rubbish. He's useless now. <laughs> Where'd you put Jamie Vardy up with them? Because you played with Jamie at, uh, yeah. the end, right at the end of your career, right, Kevin? And, and you know, there's, I suppose there's sort of comparisons in the, in the sense that both of you came a little bit later into the game. But do you, uh, do you, do you rate him up there with the very best? I, I do, yeah. He's, yeah. Of course, I played when I when I played with him. This was only, you know, you're talking seven, eight years ago. He was very raw, uh, and the way mm. he's developed in the last seven years is just phenomenal. Uh, I never, I have to say, hold my hands up. And I coached him as well for for eighteen months. I, I, he's 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 mad. He's daft as a brush. <laughs> um, well, he was one of those players when you talk to him, you kind of thought he's he's looking at you, but it's going in one ear and out the other. Um, but he's developed and it, 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 what it says to me is he ain't daft. He was listening, but he was just mate. He just wanted to be one of the lads and Joe will tell you in the dressing room, you always get those players, but he, he was actually taking on board what, what we were trying to tell him. And he's certainly done that under Brendan Rogers. He's adapted his game. I think he's become a lot more clever in terms of his closing down. You know, he, he used to chase everything. He was chasing yeah. pigeons if they were on the pitch, yeah. you know, but now he's. <laughs> He's, he's saving his energy for, for the right moments. And I think when I analyze his finishing now and, you know, it's something that we try to do at Leicester, sitting down and watching, you know, watch videos. He got himself in so many great opposition, uh, positions with him and the goalkeeper. He was very like his play a hundred mile an hour. We tried to sit him down and talk to him. You need to find that composure now. Can you find the corners? Can you start passing the ball in the back of the net? And I think now when you look at his, certainly his, he scored over 100 Premier League goals, which is phenomenal in a short space of time. His variety of finishes now are are excellent. Um, I think he's a slightly different type of player to, to Harry Kane and Calvert-Lewin. Um, but yeah, he's definitely up there. He's definitely up there. I'd like to see him, you know, put himself forward for that England squad for the summer because he'd be, you know, a great option for us. But I don't think he will, to be honest. I agree. Similar to similar to Kev, Tom. I think like where he, they come into the game a little bit late, later than usual. I think you know Vardy. The, I don't think Jamie's as, as good technically as Kev, but he's obviously he's bright line and he can run. So, but I still think he's got years in him. He looks so fresh, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, like and and he looks like he can. His movement, he can run all day. I don't know if he's 33, 34 now. Yeah, yeah. But he's still one of the quickest players in the league. It's unbelievable. Yeah, the, what, the, the big thing that we worried about, and I think everyone says now, isn't it? If Jamie Vardy gets injured, you know, especially will he get a hamstring injury? And and yeah, you know, we were very conscious when we we he has to be managed right. You know, the load that he puts through his legs when he runs, and you're right, Joe, he, he runs at such a pace. The load mm. that goes through his legs is phenomenal. Um, so he gets managed differently to the other players. So he might get an extra session off, you know, he might get rested, or he might go yeah. in the gym when the lads are out training, um, just yeah. so they keep him fresh for... I think, obviously, retiring from England as well has helped. Yeah. Um, but he relies so heavily on his pace. And, you know, if he was to lose that, then, you know, it, it could signal the end. But he... He's a sensible lad. He looks after himself, uh, but he's—I have to give him huge credit from where he's come to where he is now. Because you were—you were a coach, weren't you, at 
for uh, Atlas to the season, yeah, they, yeah. they won the league. But you, left, well, you went for Derby and... Sore subject, yeah, let's not go there. I, 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 <laughs> <laughs> I started off with, with Ranieri and I was just putting cones out and taking the odd session and I got a call from Paul Clement who'd just become the Derby manager and yeah. my two lads were in the academy at Derby and he just rang me up and just said, look, I'm looking for a first-team coach. Um, would you be interested? I said, yeah. I said, what, what will it entail? You know, I told him what I was doing at Leicester and he said, no, you, you'll be more involved. You'll be taking more sessions. You know, you'll be involved in selecting teams. And I just thought it, it's it's a step up for me in terms yeah. of my coaching development. So I went to see Ranieri. He said, no problem. And then I watched Leicester win every week and go on to win the Premier League. So that was probably one of the worst decisions I made in my coaching career. But uh, for my oh. own development, it was it was the right move. Yeah, listen, mate, if you, you, you just from working with Jamie for 18 months and that, you know, listen, it's all, listen, it's Jamie Vardy doing it himself. But the fact he bumped into such a cultured finisher of you, you know, like you said, he might not have looked like he was listening, but I'm, sh- I'm sure just by the results of how he's, I can see the improvement in him finishing. No, I'm yeah. sure that would have helped him at some point. So yeah, I take a bit of credit for it, but it's yeah. you know, it, it, like you say, ultimately it has to boil down to the player taking the information on yeah. board and then implementing it. You know, during the game, and it's you know yourself. It, the hardest time to do it is match day when you're under pressure in front of thirty, yeah. forty thousand people, and he's certainly shown he, he he can do that. I mean, when you look to that side, Kevin, you were there at the start of that season. I mean, it, it was a, an incredible achievement. I, mean, I don't think any of us at the time thought that that you know that would happen. But did you sort of look? What was there any inclination at all when you looked round and thought oh, they could they could do this early doors or? No, no, no. Of course there wasn't. No No, definitely not. It was you know it was just remarkable, wasn't it? Um, I, and I think back to you know the January before that when Nigel Pearson was in charge Christmas day we were eight points cut adrift at the bottom of the Premier League and this is pretty much mm. you know the similar team that won the Premier League you know 18 months later so you know we we survived with two games left we went on an incredible run Nigel lost his job and then Ranieri Ranieri come in and I, I don't know whether you did you play under Ranieri Joe at, at Chelsea? Yeah, he signed me at Chelsea. Yeah, so I, yeah. I was I was very very surprised because I was expecting this real tactical coach to come in and these amazing yeah. sessions that I'd never seen before. But it, it it wasn't, you know, it was pretty standard. He was all about uh, basically showing the play, showing the play through the middle of the park. He didn't mind the ball. He wanted to, sorry, he wanted the ball to go out wide. He wanted to condense the middle of the park. I don't know what he was like mm. at Chelsea, but he didn't mind the ball going wide and crosses coming into the box because he knew we had Robert Hoof, we had Vasileski and we had Wes Morgan. Yeah. He knew that we'd win the ball. And then it was just yeah. about what we could do when we had it. So, you know, it was incredible to watch, you know, the way they went on and won the Premier League. And, uh, you know, I think Kante played a huge role in that as well. He was outstanding that season. And Mahrez, did you look at Mahrez when he was there and did you see that, you know, the player he's become now? Did you did you have, mm. again, any, any inclination at all that he'd, <laughs> he'd go to those heights? No, well, we, we signed on the same day and, you know, when, when I walked through the door, I'd, you know, I'd obviously never heard of Riyad Mahrez. We plucked him from Steve Walsh, who's, who's a great recruitment yeah. guy. We plucked him from the second division in France, I think it was. Wow. Uh, and this, you know, this young skinny kid walks in, you know, didn't speak very good English and... You know, you're kind of looking at him thinking, what, is he an academy player or is he going to be a, you know, a youth player? But as soon as he got, it was the same with Kante. I remember when Kante walked through the building, he was sat on the chair when I, when I came in early one morning. I thought, I honestly thought he had a rucksack on his right. I thought he was a school kid. I thought it was half term and 
You know, he's here like to, to, to train, but he, all of a sudden he's sitting in the first team dressing room. But when them two boys got on the training ground, they were just, they were awesome. You know, the lads mm. were like jaws dropped and I couldn't foresee them both going on to see the, you know, the futures they've had now, but you could tell then that they had something about them. And for me, you always have to give credit to the player and Mares in training players used to try and snap him because he was this slight figure, but you see that now he, he rides challenges uh, and he just drifts past people that were at ease. So yeah, he's a, he's a quality player. What what unbelievable two signings they are! Plus yeah, yeah. from like the second division in yeah. front. That's yeah. unbelievable. That uh, it's, I mean, it's 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 two different sides there, isn't it? With that Leicester side and Brendan Rodgers, because and then you look at West Brom, you're at West Brom as well, and you know it's that sad thing. I I think it's a I'm going to say it now. I think an absolutely ridiculous decision that the like sacking Slavam. I, th- I I just don't get it. I, it, I mean, it, for you both as well, I know you're both doing your coaching and, and you're getting into that and you've worked with people. I, I can't see the merits of sacking someone. Number one, he's brought them up from the from the championship, I think playing pretty decent football and he's got the lads. You see the light, I thought the City game, they're out there, they, they're sweating blood for him, they want to win for him. How how do, When you look at that, and both of you, you know, I think you as well, Kevin, you're doing your coaching, whether you're going to get into management. Do you look at that and think how unfair that is for someone like Slavan? I, I do, yeah. But ultimately, you know, we both know that that's football and you know that you've watched it. It's the industry we're in. It's results-driven, unfortunately. But, you know, I, I think back to Yukanovic when he took Fulham up, you know, and the thing, same thing happened to him. I think after eight games, he got sacked uh, in the Premier League season. But, yeah, I, the biggest thing for me is when, when I watched the Man City game and I covered the, the Newcastle game on the Saturday before that and they were unlucky to lose up there. It was only a great Dwight Gow header that, 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 you know, was the difference. But the, the big thing for me is you could tell the work that they haven't down tools, the players, you know, they were working for Slav. And I know I live in the area. I cover them with a column I do every week. So I know the players love him. They loved his style. They loved his energy. Um, he was one of the lads, you know, after games he would go, I know he'd go, when he goes and does his interviews, he asks, he catches like fat fags off of the media guys. He don't even have his own cigarettes. <laughs> he has to, he has to smoke a couple of fags before he talks to the media. He's just one of the guys, but the lads respected him. So it, yeah, you know, I was disappointed to see him go because I thought, you know, they're not cut adrift. They're playing some good football. The biggest thing for Slavon, of course, was when you come out and criticize the board in terms of not backing yeah. him in the summer, then there's only ever going to be one winner. And that is, unfortunately, you're going to lose your job. And uh, it's disappointing because, you know, I, I enjoyed watching him. You know, he's he's I enjoy watching him on the touchline. And I, I know he did a great job at West Ham. I loved him at West Ham. I thought he was, again, it's same sort of thing happened there, really. He was, you know, we, we, yeah. we had that amazing last season at the bowling. He was he was an incredible manager. And, and I think he wasn't supported in the transfer market when we moved to, to the new stadium. You played with him, right, Joe? No, I, uh, it's just before my time. I actually, I was, <laughs> Harry took me up as a 15 year old to Anfield. So I was on the coach and my job was to, uh, I just remember, I don't know if you remember that slap, but he ate a lot of fish and chips because I had to get the fish. <laughs> I, after the game, I had to go with the kit man to get the fish and chips. And then he'd be, and he, he's right, he used to be smoking on the back of the coach on the way. And no, like, you know, you're watching the Premier League as a youngster and you think to yourself, and these, these these guys must be so professional and like so important. They literally the game was finished within about forty five minutes. There was fish and chips, cigarettes, and, and beer on the back of the coach. And I was just sitting there, what's going on here? Like, this is unbelievable. They were just like my dad's mates. You know what I mean? And then they were going to play in Premier League. So 
So yeah, he, but he was brilliant with me as a kid. Like, I, 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 I always remember him. Uh, Mark Reaper, do you remember Mark Reaper? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, I had to go and literally just buy their fish and chips and their cigarettes and all that from at the back of the coach. How times have <laughs> changed, you, eh? I know, mate. I know. <laughs> Do you think, what do you think of, I mean, the replacement, um, do you, have you played under Big Sam, Kev? No, I haven't. I, I did in the um, the Soccer A game, <laughs> so I got a taste of his managerial style. Yeah. Um, but no, not, not professionally, <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> we've all played under Big Sam in time, yeah, that's yeah. one thing we've all got in common here. <laughs> we, we've all played up front for Big Sam yeah. in Soccer A. Um, I'm surprised the A tried uh, to sign you, Kev, Dan, the, <laughs> you are right up his street, because he... he, he he always plays a goal scorer, if he, you know, someone yeah. who he, he relies on because he doesn't play, he plays like a um, pragmatic game that he plays very defensively and he knows he's going to create one or two chances. So he has to have a goal scorer in his team. Of course, yeah. I, I'm surprised he ain't tried to sign. I, I think, you know, with just going back to, to obviously Big Sam going in at West Brom, that's going to be one of his issues, isn't it? Because they just don't score goals. And I, yeah. I'll be interested to see now what he does for the game on on Sunday against Villa, uh, which is a huge game. Um, I, I wouldn't surprise me if he brought Charlie Austin back into the, to the yeah. setup. The, I mean, the big the big thing is for Sam is that you know, he hasn't, he's never been relegated as a manager, which is big, right? So he's going in what you'd say is at the tail end of his career. I look at, I always think, I mean, I can never get my head around it. I can only think like championship manager or uh, FIFA. But uh, if you're taking over a team, right, that is built by Slavin Bilic to play that football, as you say, Kev, I think mm. they play nice football. I think he signed a couple of, you know, nice little, you know, nice sort of flair yeah, little yeah. players. Yeah, yeah. If you look at that team now, he's basically, so Sam's got to go in, go up to Villa, who can score goals, who, who also I would look at Villa and think they've got that thing at the moment. They've got a bit of, Luck on their side, but sort of like last minute, you know, bits and yeah. bobs, you know. Do you think that Sam can just go in with these few days he's got and go, right, this is a big Sam way of doing things? I, I, th- I think that was one of the reasons why they were wanting to get him in the door quick so that he can get a few days on the training ground to get his, his, his obviously very difficult to get philosophy, but just to, this is the way it's going to be moving forward. Um, I think it'll be very, very defensive on he'll set the side out not to get beat on Sunday and then hopefully you know pick a an offensive players where I can just try and nick as a goal I could see Charlie Austin coming in but you're right they've got some decent they've got Pereira Dean Garner who come from West Ham Kravinovic who are technically very good players but they're yeah. not you're not prolific goal scorers I think he might just revert back to a Charlie Austin who's been there in the Premier League you know he has scored goals uh, and then just try and hit Villa maybe on the counter-attack. Um, but they, they haven't been, you know, you look, you think back to early on in the season against Chelsea, you know, at, at the Hawthorns, they were brilliant for half of that game. Mm. I think, what were they, 3-0 up, weren't they? At half yeah, time. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, it's, it is in there. It's just trying to find a way to get it out. And, you know, there's no one probably more experienced than, you know, the big Sam in trying, you know, setting, organizing teams and setting them up not to get beat and then trying to nick a game one nil, which they need. I think it's about just winning football matches now. That's, that would have been, you know, the message from the board. We're not bothered about the style of play. It's about just winning football matches, keeping us in the league and then we'll go from there. Sam, Sam's not silly, big man. He's taking that job. Listen, every, every team that's been in trouble, uh, their, their board would have mentioned Sam's name when they're talking about managers coming so he him going into West Brom, he'll yeah. have money to spend in January. Expect, yeah. expect three or four players to come in. He ain't gonna go there and and, and have not already agreed with with them some kind of strategy to bring players in. So he's probably looking around at the league thinking, right, Sheffield United are struggling. 
um, Fulham are picking up, but they, you, you expect them to be down there. Um, it's, there's teams around. He, probably, he knows he's going to get three or four players in. Ked's right, he'll go in. It'll make them difficult to beat in the sense that what he does every day is work on the back four or the back five. It can be quite tedious for them lads. Like I remember looking over because he separated the he separated the attackers, and we went off and did like little fun things like finishing and things like that, which were great. And then you look over and then he'd have all the centre halves and just heading balls, dealing with crosses, and he'd work with them and he'd get that right that part of the pitch right and it continues to win and then all of a sudden that becomes the base and then there isn't much of a plan as, as much as I've, you've got respect Sam as much of a plan it's not as um, not as we fought through like patterns of play going forward this is how we're going to score it's like right we need to get the ball forward and we need to do it in the right times the right areas but there's no there's nothing clever like, I mean I'm not saying anything people don't know nothing clever like what Pep does so he gets the back back four to back five sorted and that's what he'll do he'll bring players in he feels can come into the midfield and the attack and get goals and I just think I just think people like uh, Dear Garner Pereira and that, I think they'll sink or swim with Sam it'll, it'll, yeah. it'll be very clear this is what's expected ABC when we ain't got the ball you need to be in these positions when we have got the ball go and make something happen and 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 it'll, it'll make his mind up two three weeks whether they're the right people but three or four players will come in in January at West Brom yeah, and they will have a they will have a chance the odds are three to one on to go down so it's it's you know it's it's not it's a with coral that's the bet so you that that is a it's a big thing right kev every week we do our predictions this is actually really embarrassing reading now Joe <laughs> uh have we, have we struggled again I got none out of three right. Okay. Joe got one out of three right, and then Wes Brown got three out of three right. So, oh, Jesus. let me tell you, I'm in the fantasy league with Wes Brown, and he does like a gloat. So we'll be hearing about that, sure. So, um, right, let's go this week, right? Okay, I mean that is in my Wes. Right, Kevin, I'm going to come to you. Spurs, Leicester. I'm going to go Spurs. Win. Spurs win, Joe. Yeah, yeah Spurs win. Right, I'm, I'm, all I want to do is beat Joe, so I'm not going to follow Joe. I'm going to go, I'm going to go, I'm going to go with a uh, draw. Yeah. Uh, yeah, okay, Kev, next up, Everton Arsenal. Uh, Everton, win. Joe? I'm going to go draw. Arsenal do well up there. I'm going to go Everton. Okay. God, this, this could, that could put me right. in front there, Kev. <laughs> Give it your chance then. Big... <laughs> <laughs> Southampton, Man City, Kev? Oh, tell you, that's going to be a great game. Yeah, I, 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 I'm going to give it. I, I just think Man City will come. I'm going to go Man City win. I think they'll turn it around. Man City win. Yeah, Man right. City win for me, big man. I think they, they, they're 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 not far off it. They're not far off it. They'll get back on on the horse and they'll start pummeling yeah. teams again. I'm sure. I, I I'm I agree with you. I think they're 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 not far off giving someone a good hiding. I'm not saying it's going to be Southampton, but they're not far away. I'm yeah. going to go Southampton. Ooh. Ooh. I'm going to Playing go well. the Saints. High tariff. Yeah, I, 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 I fancy him. I, I think they're playing so well at the moment. I, yeah. And also, I just, uh, yeah. I, I don't know about City. I, I think they will. I think they're going to obviously turn a corner. But I've watched them at West Brom. I just, didn't, I just, I think they're still just, they're lacking something. <laughs> I, mm. I, it, I, I just don't, I mean, we've talked a lot about goal scorers here. Aguero comes I, I, back in for me. He comes back in. Yeah. 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 It's going to be interesting. Right. 
Um, Kev, you've been an absolute legend. We'll have to get you back on again because it's been great talking yeah, to no, you. Yeah, I've really and, enjoyed uh, it, guys. No, it's been brilliant, man. Thank you so much for coming on, having a chinwag. Um, one of the greatest strikers of my generation. It was a joy watching you, sir. It's been a joy chatting to you. And yeah, you cheers, Kev. Cheers, guys. Thanks for to talk to you. What a guy, Kevin Phillips, Joe. Amazing. Yeah, what a guy. And one of the most underappreciated strikers. Yeah, his goal record's unbelievable. English football, right the way through the levels. And he played until... I didn't know he played until he was nearly 41. That is some achievement. When you feel... How I feel getting out of bed, you know, as a 39-year-old ex-footballer now, and the fact that he could still run yeah. around the pitch and, and do bits and score goals is incredible because I feel like a bag of spanners after I play football now. He, he looks a phenomenal Nick now, I've got to say, when he was on yeah. the screen. I was like, he looks, he looks, brand like, new, he looks like a... It looks like an action star. It looks like a movie action star for the saying. I was like, I did, I felt bad. I've got to say, I'm not too sure about his decision to leave Leicester that season. Best bless him. I felt bad for him there. Oh. Listen, we've all got <laughs> yeah. him. We've all got him in our careers where we've, 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 you know, you look back and yeah, that's, that was a tough one to, to leave out. But I think I'm right in saying, I think the fact he coached Jamie Vardy, for yeah. a, a while, you know, I think, I think that would help Jamie as well because he is. I've I've trained with him a couple times of England, and he is a genuine, natural born finisher of the highest order. Yeah. He could, he, he was up there with the best of them when it comes to sticking the ball in the back of the net. You know, one and two in the year he got one and two throughout his career is, is sensational. Yeah. It's not like nowadays where players are gonna, you know, it's a goal a game now for a top striker. like Lewandowski's, Ronaldo's, and, yeah. and you know them Kane's. You know, it was a bit different back then. Goals were a bit harder to come by. So he's a proper finisher. Yeah, another level. What a great guest. You've been listening to All to Play For, brought to you by Joe and Coral. Next week, we've got an amazing Christmas special with our very own Santa Claus. It's going to be Mr. Carlton Cole. Oh, unbelievable. The big man. I can't wait. I can't wait. You've been listening to All to Play For, brought to you by Joe and Coral.